The God in me sees the God in you, or the divine in me sees the divine in you. To Supernormalize, the podcast where we challenge the conventional break boundaries and normalize the supernatural. Join me, CJ, as we explore uncharted realms of existence and unravel the mysteries of our universe. If you have an unusual knowledge or unique story you'd love to share, reach out to me at supernormalized at proton.me and let's make the supernatural the new normal. In today's episode, we delve into an extraordinary creation by Paul Zolan that revolutionizes the way we comprehend the five love languages. This groundbreaking system not only teaches us how to give love in each language, but also enhances our ability to recognize and respond to them when they come our way. The best part? It's a game where everyone wins, designed to be easily grasped even by young children. Get ready for an enlightening journey as we uncover this profound method of spreading love. And dear listener, help me to spread the love too. I truly appreciate your company on this audio journey. And if you're enjoying Supernormalized, I encourage you to get onto your podcast app if you haven't already and give me a five-star rating. That way your friends and family and everyone gets to find out that this is a conversation worth sharing. Please also share your love for the show by sharing the show to your friends and family direct and thank you for your support. So, Paul, um, I've seen you have a lot of experience in the five love languages and um, also a lot of experience with podcasts previously. So how are you with um, just jumping straight in? I know it's late for you there, so I don't, I don't want to keep you up too late. No, I'm, I'm all right. You know, time, time is good, but um, yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. So welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you very much for coming on. And um Look, I, I've I've known about love languages now for about five years, thanks to a friend that uh, pointed out what love languages were, because he was a uh, a therapist that was working with people, and he discovered them, and he found that um, love languages were just changing everything to do with the way he was doing therapy with couples. And I thought, well, wow, that's something that everyone should know. But you've taken that love languages um, structure, and you've taken it one step further. Do you want to tell us all about that? Yeah, I, I've taken it one step further, and I probably need to just back up a little bit, CJ, yeah. tell you a little bit came to be. Yeah, sure. was, about 15 years ago, I was dating someone, and it was um, we were getting kind of serious, and it was time to take take her up for big brother approval. I'm I'm number 10 of 11 children. So Whoa, in, big family. In that position, as one of the youngest, the youngest boy, you have to have big brother approval. So you, you can understand maybe understand a little bit how that happens. Um, my family, the 11 of us, were raised mostly in a, a family of abuse. We had anger in, in the family, and it was just, um, I had a lot of residual anger that way, but I thought that I'd gotten rid of it. Yeah. But I take this woman into my brother's house. The first thing my sister-in-law does is pull her aside and, and say, the only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up is anger. At first, I denied it. Uh-uh. 
and it made me mad. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> uh, huh, maybe she's right. I didn't realize that I'd flashed like that and that I had not overcome it. So what I started doing with that, CJ, is I started reading books about uh, about love, about the, the color code and then the, um, the five love languages. I yeah. read the five love languages about four or five times. I really liked the principles of the five love languages. I didn't get the application. But ju just let me remind you about background. I came from a background of abuse. But uh, one of the things that Dr. Chapman does in that book, he said, well, CJ, if I guess what love language you are and I cater to that, then we're going to be buddies. I'm a bad guesser. I'm a really bad guesser. And that's not going to happen. Is it working for me? Right. So, so the, the other thing is that, well, if I take this survey that Dr. Chapman had, then I become, I, I find out what my primary love language is. What do I do with that? Advertise? Hello, mm. CJ, I'm gifts today. What do you have for me? I mean, it's just, and that becomes very awkward too. Both mm. of those, I couldn't get my mind around it, couldn't get it wrapped around it. But I liked, again, I liked the principles that, that were set forth there. So I contacted Dr. Chapman and asked him if it, they were licensing any of the icons, the little pictures of the of the love languages that they had um, out there. And he, they wrote a letter back and said, no, they're not doing that at this time. Well, they were 30 years old, uh, roughly, and, and they were just not not exactly up, up to date. So I thought, you know, that maybe that's a blessing in disguise. I went to an international um, or a intellectual property attorney in my town here, found out that theory is not copyrightable. Application is. Okay. And I remember, remember that when I was younger, we, that the nice family times that we had, we played games together. I thought, well, maybe I can make it a game. So I, so I started with, with um, uh, creating my own art artwork for the icons, updating it myself, and then I put it on a die. So it looks like this. So you can see service there. Yeah. The words. Yeah. Time. Touch. There's touch, yep. And then gifts on that side. Gifts, yeah. Those are the five love languages, six sides on the dice. This last one is surprise me. Surprises, yeah. So on the surprise me day, uh, you're just looking for opportunities to do random acts of kindness. So there's just two instructions. See, you roll the die every day. That's the love language you practice giving away all day that day. What I found in my research was, was that we only have two things that we're in control of, giving the love away and reacting or responding when it comes our way. We really can't bid people to love us. It's got to be their choice. We're trying to get into the lane if we're telling them what to do. And it becomes more of a duty to, to well, they get the whiny voices. Well, I told you what my love language is. How come you're not doing it? You don't want to even go down that. And I'm sure that's inadvertent. Dr. Chapman didn't plan it that way. Yeah. I'm sure it's absolutely inadvertent. But it happens that that you don't want to get to that point. What It's, it's all about, now it's not about you anymore about you being loved or you be or love coming your way. It's about you sending it out. And you send it out without any expectation of it coming back. 
but you trust the process. You know about boomerangs there in, in, in the land down under there. Yeah. And <laughs> this, this is a boomerang. Yeah, right. That love out, you can expect that it's going to come back someday. Mm. What you're watching for is when you're practicing that love language, whatever it is for that day, what you're watching for is people when they light up. And when mm. they light up, that's how you determine what their love language is, what their primary love language might be. There, some they might not light up. And some in, while you're practicing, you'll find some people every single day that you'll make their day. You've lit them up. You, you've encouraged them that there is humanity out there. There is kindness out there. There's love and care and concern out there, true care and concern. It's not mm -hmm. about sexual uh, uh, intonations at all. It's not about that. It's about sending goodness and sending kindness their way, making their day. Yeah, right. So actually enhancing the love in the world by giving it out unconditionally, really. You know, you don't actually expect anyone to come back to you and, or anything. You're just, you're just doing it. Absolutely. So yeah. you really, when you see that you've made their day and you're watching for that all the time, it, there's pay. There's some pay right there. You're 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 going to feel good about about helping somebody have a better day. Yeah. What what they're going to do with that, CJ, is they're going to take that and they're going to help someone else have a a better day. They're going to pass it on. I don't know if you had this in lunch lines when you're small, but but it, people would slug you in the shoulder and say, "Pass it on." And and then if you didn't pass it on, you get double, and so it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing, but only in a loving sense. Yeah. Just yeah. and you think of the opposite. Think if you sent out anger, mm. you're going to get immediate return on that investment. People be angry right back, and you may maybe may have made someone day someone's day miserable rather mm. than than a loving day. Right. So how can people use this in their everyday? I mean, um, obviously people are going to work and, you know, there's a lot of sensitivity in the workplace nowadays. How do, how do people, say, use the love languages at work and giving that away? So so as, as far as spending time, mm. they're just slowing down just a little bit, putting the brakes on and just taking the time instead of getting impatient. Yeah. Then they're they're being a little bit more kind, taking a little bit more time to teach maybe an employee what is necessary for the job. Um, mm. as, far as, as far as gifts go, gifts, yeah. it might be a gift if someone does a task for you at, at work. You can give your, uh, a gift of service or a gift of kindness in that way. Yes. Um, as, far, as far as touch goes, everybody likes the high five, the fist bumps, uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> The pat on the back, that's yeah. that should be appropriate at work as well. Um, mm. you can serve at work, help people, you know, just help people in in ways that they uh, you know you can just help them. There's just there's just a ton of ways to help people, and obviously the words. Yeah. You can all you can always tell people, oh you, you you look great today. That's a nice dress, or I like I like your outfit, or what you can say. Say nice things like that without having to be sexual harassment. Yeah, and and you'll never get there because it's just a kindness. It's yeah. not not anything sexual at all about sending out love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so it actually can create a more cohesive workforce because yeah. everyone's being more kind to each other. Absolutely. So the sexual part, 
is is kind of the the crowning event of this kindness, especially and only with a couple. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of couple it is. It's just with any couple that that becomes the crowning event. But it's the lead up to that too. You just want to develop a, a mind of kindness, and the mindset, um, CJ, is what's right about that person. What can I love about that person? You'll never, you'll be so busy with that. You'll never go down that critical path that says, what's wrong with that person? Why are they doing that? And, and you'll not have the criticism or the judgment of that person. I like to look at it like this, that if you have a magnifying glass, magnifying glass will make things bigger. Yes. So if you want to magnify the faults of another, guess what? That's also a boomerang that's coming back at you. Do you want mm, that? Yeah, right. Why do we? Why do we even do it? Mm. We know that that's coming right back at us. Mm. We look at their faults; they're going to look at our faults. But yes, we look yes. at their positive aspects of that person; that's also coming right back to us. Yeah, of course. I think that's what we want. Mm, mm. So, what kind of transformations would people expect when they're using these tools? Uh, well, I, I kind of like, like it. The other day, I was out walking, CJ. And I found a, found this stick that doesn't have any bark on it at all, yeah, or like a little walking stick. And on on this side of the stick, it's it, I call it. It's just nice and smooth, great for your hand and very nice. Yeah. But the other, other side of the stick, you see, there used to be some maybe some branches there, and it's got some knots there and everything. Mm, this is the, what I call the naughty side of the stick. Yeah. So this is my naughty and nice stick. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I think I Santa I think Santa Claus has a stick like that. Right. What people can expect when they do this is that they'll they'll be kind of self-actualization. Yeah. They'll, they'll feel that. They'll know where they're at on the stick. Um, anger has its own, own culture, has its own words. It has its own humor. It has its own uh, vocabulary. All that on the anger side. Love also has a different language, and it has its own humor, and it has its own actions for kindness, and and just everything. It's different culture, but I would say anger is on the naughty side of the stick. Mm. Once I realized that after after I realized that where I was when I went to, and introduced this woman at my brother and sister in laws, when I realized where I was on the stick, yeah, I had, had three choices. I could stay right where I was at. I could go to the left, go more toward anger, or I could go to the right and move toward love. And I chose to move toward love because I did not want that stigma in the Zolman family, did not want that that uh, a perception of the Zolman family to continue for me or for my children or in future generations. It's time to stop it. And it's interesting that that this kind of passes on generationally, you, it can pass on just because of the education or or just our thoughts thoughts of that. Well, what the ancestors had, we learned those type of things from our parents and from their they learned it from their parents and they pass it on. Mm. I had a had a grandfather that um, uh, had nine children and then the the his wife passed away, and he he was so distraught about that that he sold the farm, he sold all the equipment. This is in late 1800s. 
sold all the equipment. And when the people came to pick up the equipment and, and their property that they purchased, he would say, would you like this child? And would you like this child? And would you like this child? And systematically gave all the children away except for one. He took that one child with him, moved moved a little farther west here in the United States to Montana, where, where he found another wife, had 10 more children with that wife, of which my father was number six. When my, fa my father was born in 1922, so when he was 10 years old, that father, his father, the grandfather I'm talking about, passed away. So now you have 19 children with abandonment issues. Yeah. It's in 1932, 10 years after my father was born in 1932. It's in the middle of the Depression, the Great Depression. Mm, so not only do they have the abandonment issues, they've got the financial stress, they've got emotional stress, they've got social stress. My father was only able to finish eighth grade. And then he had to drop out of school, didn't ever go back to school. And he became a truck driver. So he was gone, gone in the middle of the week and came home on the weekends. But this generational stress passes on and their attitudes pass on. And I think uh, the best way that people can do that is recognize where they're at on the stick, where they are at on the spectrum. And then you could, at that point in time, you can set goals to make changes that you need to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I can't imagine what it'd be like growing up in a large family, but I grew up in a small family with uh, both alcoholic parents, and um, it was quite tough and combative. And um, I, you know, I didn't recognize it at the time, but it was affecting me. And then as I grew up and uh, grew out of that, I saw my sister growing into the patterns herself, and she was uh, um, she was expressing those same patterns that I'd seen as as a, as a child with my own parents, um, with within the family um just um the the casual banter which which is um passive aggressive and, and yet still combative and i was seeing that happen um in her own family and i would step back and go oh my god i can't believe people actually behave like this with each other it was, it was really astounding and obviously it was because that was their survival mechanisms at the time that's all they knew so um yeah it's good to see that these these tools are coming about because they actually help people to recognize other ways of doing things rather than being at the uh, gnarly end of the stick there people are leaning more towards the smoother end of the stick because things get done more effortlessly absolutely so so i i like to um uh, just say that it's it what happened with me is i would i would take one annoyance i'd say what's wrong with that person and i do that regularly or be annoyed with that person i take one annoyance then it stack it on another annoyance. Then I stack it on another annoyance, another one until it became escalated and be and I'd flash. Mm. And that's that's that kind of anger issue, more of a residual anger from my childhood. And it took me so long. It's it's not it's not about just declaring I'm not going to be angry anymore. That in and of, in and of itself is really a ne very negative statement. If you're saying you're not going to do something, it's better to say this is what I am going to do. And try to find a replacement. This was a this was a godsend for for me, just to be able to have something else to do, to set the tone or the theme or the purpose for the day by rolling the die. Once I realized, you, you'll notice that there's all pictures on on the die. There yes. are no words, mm -hmm. all pictures. 
So pictures are easier to remember. It's almost like a memory hook is what I like to call it. Yeah. They're, it's, it's better. If I say the word elephant, you're not seeing in your mind E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T. You're seeing the, the animal itself. That's the same same concept we have here. These memory hooks, once it's in there, it'll stay with you. And as I mentioned, I, I was, I've been busy all day long watching for what's right about that person. What can I love about that person? It, it overshadowed anything, any, any, any effort that I ever made of, of going the other direction, the critical direction, say, what's wrong with that person and go down that critical path. I don't do it anymore. And because I'm not annoyed anymore, those aren't stacking up and I'm not flashing anymore. Mm. Really it took 30 days for this to happen. Just mm. the, the very amount of time that it takes to develop one habit, a good habit or a bad habit, I guess, the, the amount of time it takes to develop a habit, I had this replacement uh, this replacement proce- process, this re- replacement behavior that overshadowed everything that I did before. And it actually has become a brand new habit now. And I do it regularly. I, I do it almost subconsciously now just because I've done it. I've had the dice and that copyright on the die since 2017. So over the last six years that I've done this and rolled the die every day and watching for those opportunities all day long, it's it just overshadows any any anything. Even if someone pulls in front of me, I can't even go to be annoyed at that just because what's you know, I'm thinking what's right with that person? Why how can I love that person? What can I say that's more loving about that person than shaking my fist at him? Mm. So you strove towards this as um, and maybe a, a better way of understanding your own personal family dynamics and how you were moving along in life. So that makes me ask them the question, who would be your target audience for this um, um, with your work? I mean, who 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 do you think is the, is the um, ideal market? What sort of people are, are looking for this, do you believe? I think that the people that really want to change, that really that they understand that there's an issue if you don't understand there's an issue then and you think that it's somebody else's fault uh and they're blaming somebody those are not that's not the audience so i i I found myself cj blaming my father for all the failures that i had in my relationships up until about age 35 Mm. and because i had someone to blame i did not need to change it was their fault once I realized that, oh, I'm I'm accountable, I'm responsible for my own actions, then there's opportunity for change. That's the audience. People that see that there's a need and realize that they're responsible for their own actions and that there's opportunity to change, those are the people that will will use this. There's another audience, though. There's another audience that that is um, a very good audience that I'd like to introduce this to. And I would like to introduce it to children, you know, from from uh, up until about maybe age uh, eleven or twelve, in the in the primary schools in the United States, and I'm not sure what it's like there in Australia, but in primary schools, we call it K through six, so kindergarten through sixth grade, and and in those classrooms, most of the class is stays together all day. So they start together in the morning and then they end together at the end of the day. This would be perfect for that if at the beginning of the day they rolled the die, 
they found out, found out what love language they're watching for opportunities to, to execute or do that day. And then at the end of the day, I've got, I've got a journal page that they could fill out. And the journal page just says what they rolled that day, what opportunities they saw to love in that way that day, then what they did about those opportunities. I can provide a PDF to that school so that each child can have their own little journal, a love yeah. journal. Yeah. Who, would, who would love to have a, a love journal from their first grade to show your kids or your grandchildren? And, and in that way, it teaches the child that they're responsible for their own actions. They're watching for opportunities to love, and they get back into that mindset, what's right about that person. Instead of getting in the focus of what the media would sh say, what's wrong, and focus on what's wrong with people. We don't, we don't want to teach the children to focus on what's wrong with people. We want to teach them what's right with them and have them teach them in that way. We can do it this way. It's very simple. It takes less than two seconds to roll the die, maybe another 30 seconds for the ex explanation at the beginning of the day. The end of the day, the last 10 to 15 minutes, the children are anxious anyway. They know the bell's going to ring. They know that their school's almost over, and it's mostly non-productive time, I would, I would suggest. Take that non-productive time, have them write in the journal during that last part of the, that last 10 to 15 minutes of the day, and then it's on a pass-fail basis. Just if they, uh, if they do it for 15 days, I've got a, a, actually a, a yogurt place here in, in, um, um, in the United States, that a franchisee that, that will give them five ounces of yogurt for free if they do it 15, 15 days of a month. If they, oh, yeah, do it, wow. if they do it 25 days in a month, they keep that journal entry for 25 days of the month, then they get 10 ounces of yogurt. So there's a little incentive that way, but it's also helping them improve their behavior, tamping down any that misbehaving that could randomly go on, but helping those children learn responsibility for their own actions. Mm, that sounds brilliant. Uh, would be good to have uh, children in train towards an understanding of of uh, like a clear expressions of love towards each other that um, enables them to understand other people's. Um, methods of communication as well it just make more more of life more effective so have you pr approached um schools or people that actually do the curriculums to be able to have this implemented through the systems or what's happening there so the public system is very difficult to crack into and, and they really have their own own way of, of of teaching and they have their own curriculum and they have a lot of professors and phd people that are that are really trying to write the curriculum Coming from a, a person of the community, it doesn't work real well. So what I found is that uh, the private schools are really a, a better market for me. The private yeah. schools, they, they're actually closer to the children. The teacher themselves can make the decision in many of these private schools. So I've got I've got a full, full staff of teachers in, in a particular private school here that actually just testing it out this year. To yeah, brilliant. Them. Yeah. Okay, yes. and you're actually recording all the results. You can actually use that for evidence uh, to other schools. Absolutely. Perfect. Excellent. Oh, well, power to you. This is uh, um, a good venture for sure, for sure. And um, so will this work for single people as well? So in, that's really important that you brought that up, CJ, is because I developed this when I was single. Yeah. And, and I didn't have a significant other to to express it to, like the book, Dr. Chapman's book says that, 
just work with us to your significant other. I didn't have that. And to me, you're not around your significant other all day long. So if you're just expressing love during that time that you're around that significant other, it sounds like a part-time job. What I'm trying to do here is change the whole mindset. You do it all day long. You do it at home, you do it at work, you do it everywhere you go. Change that mindset to what's right about that person, what can I love about that person. Just get in that, that lane, stay in that lane, and knowing that you can only send love out and react when it comes your way. Right, right. And so have you found that um, this is affecting um, people around you? Do you get any feedback from single people and and um, and their experiences with it as well? I do. I've got feedback from some teachers that have tried it in their classroom. I've got feedback from families that have tried it. Nice. I got feedback from, from other single people. One family that tried it, a family of five children, and um, the, the youngest was just a four-year-old boy. And, and he got so so quickly understood this. I mean, it's just pictures. He couldn't read at all. And he rolled physical touch. And on that day, he, he jumps up and down, pumps his fist and says, yes, physical touch, physical touch. And immediately started beating up on his brothers. <laughs> Unexpected so <the> result. <laughs> so the mother had to kind of suppress the laughter because she didn't want to like encourage that type of behavior. Yeah. But a perfect teaching moment for that mother to say, no, this is more appropriate physical touch. And she just was able to teach him yeah. in that moment, in that excite moment of excitement, what appropriate physical touch would be. Yeah, excellent. It's <laughs> a great story. Do you have any other stories um, that you can use as highlights for, you know, the people experiencing your systems? Yeah, and I I think uh, I do have several stories, and there uh, several stories are in the book, the the role of love book. Yes. Sure. So the book the book's available um, for Australia. It's available on Amazon. It's also available on Audible. And you can yeah. see a lot of the stories in there. But one other um, sector that we we haven't talked about is um, when when women or men go to yoga at the end of the yoga class, usually they put their hands together like this and they say. Namaste. namaste. Yeah. So namaste, and you know, it means a lot of. Uh, you hear a lot of definitions, but the definition I like most, and really feels most accurate to me, is the God in me sees the God in you, or the divine in me sees the divine in you. That's almost the same thing as saying, "What's right about you? What can I love about you?" And it's mm. and it's watching for those things, talking about the divine in that person, talking about the good parts of that person. So that namaste just it's not not merely just a, a thank you and a goodbye. And it, you know the emoji like that with the hands together too is mostly used for thank you, yeah. but it could be also a thank you for for the being the divine in you. Thank you for the good things that you do, and that's really kind of it's all that same feeling and I, i'm sure that we're losing a little bit in the translation it was from the sanskrit um part of india where that that well the same place where nirvana comes from or karma mm -hmm. comes from that same language or that same dialect that's where namaste comes from mm -hmm. so what are mental health professionals saying about your project and um yeah what, what what do they think? What's their opinions? 
So in the first first review in the book, actually, it's that's printed in the book is from a mental health professional. And I appreciate you answering that question or asking that question, CJ, because it was this mental professional just uh, last year, about a year, well, it's been, um, it was about March of last year that I presented the die to him because that's all I had at the time. He said that this, this is, the concept is so well thought out and so good um, that he thought that I should write, rewrite the book or re-update what the love languages was all about. Because mm-hmm. I using those principles of the love languages and just making it work in a different way, making it fun. This is a game. So, and it's a game that everybody can win. So it's just so simple. Two instructions, you roll the die every day, practice that love language, give it in a way all day that day. Yeah. That he, he thought that that was such, such a good concept. Um, and a mental health professional t- telling me this, that it was such a good concept that I really needed to update what Dr. Chapman started with and kind of expand upon that. So that's what I've done. And then I've got copyright, I've got trademarks, I've got all the all the necessary things that I need to to be able to expand it in that way. Nice. Okay. So you've, you've given yourself the title, or somebody's given you the title of Love Language Linguist. I mean, how did you get that title and uh, stick that on your resume? I mean, that's it's a that's quite a title. Oh, thank thanks, CJ. That's that's a fun question too. Is, is I made it up actually. So <laughs> Excellent. Just like. Just like when you make up a company, when you start a company, what are you going to call yourself? You're going to call yourself the founder. You're going to call yourself the founder. You're going to call yourself the president. And it's just a made-up title. So the way I get that title, the way anybody can get that title, is as as they're rolling the die, they're going to get a a good flavor of all the five love languages over a 30-day period. By Mm. doing they'll know the love languages backwards and forwards so that they see it when it comes their way most yes. people most people are in a just a, a single lane that they only can see the their primary love language what they and that's that's the only thing they call love but with this it gives you that peripheral vision that you can see all the five love languages and say oh they're loving on me it's not quite my primary love language but i can see they're loving on me and then you can respond respond appropriately to that that's what a love language linguist is. They can they can know how to give it away, and they know how to see it when it comes their way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's better to actually be able to hear the language when it's um, being expressed towards you, because bids of love don't always come in the language that you speak in. So, yeah, if you if yeah if you don't if you don't pick up on those bids, then you know you're missing the chance for connection. And nearly yep. everything when it comes to human communication is about connection. I'm sure you'd agree. So absolutely. So when you put that on your resume, just think of it this way. The, the employer is going to say, what the heck is a love language linguist? And you're going to say, <laughs> I just love people. That employer wants their customers loved and yeah. they want they want a loving environment within the workplace. Yeah. Your resume is going to rise to the top. Right, right. Cool, cool. Hmm. It's a sexy title. I know you want it, CJ. <laughs> I'll have that in my resume as well. Listeners <laughs> want that too. So, uh, how expensive is this this tool that you've you've developed? I mean, you've got the book, you've got the dice. It, you know, um, is that like a kit? And what sort of thing? What sort of products do you have there when it comes to uh, being able to pick this up and letting people run with it? <laughs> 
So it's it's a lot less than therapy, I can tell you that. Yeah. And it, <laughs> so the book the book itself on Amazon, um, I'm not sure what it sells in Australia, but Amazon in the United States is fifteen ninety five. Yeah, right. And the journal is, uh, itself is is um, $13.99. And the die, the die, Amazon uh, has their printing department, and then they have their other other items, and they don't really coincide together. Right. So what I've had to do is put the die on my website. And I just recently looked up that um, it costs about 20 or $25 to send a die to Australia. Yeah. I just look, looked it up this last week. And the okay. die is it's about eight ninety five, but for mm -hmm. for that twenty twenty to twenty five dollars postage, I can put two die in the box and send send it over, mm -hmm. and uh, so probably about uh, thirty five dollars. Yeah, uh, thirty five forty dollars. Yeah, for the die itself, and then and then um, thirty thir about thirty five dollars, yeah, about thirty thirty dollars for the books um, yeah. from Apple. So less yeah. than. Seventy-five dollars, you can have the whole set. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely a lot less than a therapy session, mm -hmm. and Absolutely. it works for you multiple times over, which is good. Well, and yeah, keep it. Uh, the thing about the journal is that this this is kind of a purpose. It, it's the counting of your day, and mm. it, it brings you back to accountability yourself, just like it will with the kids. Yeah. It brings everyone back into accountability. But think of it this way. I would have absolutely loved to have a love journal from my mother or my grandmother or my grandfather. Instead, I got a journal about the weather 60 years ago. Who cares about what the weather was 60 years ago? I mean, I could read an almanac if I wanted to know about that, but who wants to read an almanac? I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, would, I would love to have something that, what, what was there to love in their time frame? Right. And what did they do about those those opportunities that saw? This yeah. purposeful journal is very different than than a blank page journal because I as I've I found journaling very difficult for myself when it's a blank page because your mind goes blank. Well, that's I don't remember what good I did today or what I could write that somebody might want to read a little bit later on. This is different. You're writing about what you rolled that day, opportunities you saw to love in that way that day, and then what you did about it. It really becomes a, a kind of a love legacy journal that your children will treasure, your grandchildren treasure will be passed on through generations. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Paul, is there any questions that I should have asked that um, I didn't ask that uh, might have come across in our talk? I I can't think of any. I, I mean, I've just, I think I've given a little bit about my background. Um, the old, just, there's a little bit about uh, my father and mother. You know, one thing about my father that I really appreciate of my father, that when he came home from truck driving all, all week long, he came home on Fridays, and he every Friday night he would date my mother. I really res highly respected him for that. But just like any couple, when they've been gone from each other, they say, well, how was your week? And then how was your week? And it just goes back and forth like that. Uh, I don't know how long it took to go through 10 or 11 children and what, what happened from my mother's side. And I'm sure she did a lot of the talking. But I dreaded the weekends in that situation because I either got the belt or I got a severe spanking. And I remember one time having such a severe spanking that I was black and blue for for more than three weeks. 
It was just just horrible. I don't even remember what the, what I did. And that was the thing, that there was a total disconnect from what I did to when the punishment happened. And so the, because it was that time and distance that was that were so far apart, you couldn't remember. I only remembered the punishment. And it was it was that was very difficult. Um, other than that, and, and that's kind of the anger that was just set in. After my junior year of high school, when I was 17 years old, I moved out. I did not want to live with the parents anymore just because of the circumstances. And I moved into with this big brother that I was talking about that I took this woman to uh, for approval. So I had high regard for him. He became a great father, uh, uh, and he just was a great example for me. So we're just trying to break these generational, it's not genetic, it's generational um, thought processes of what's right and what's wrong. And just we're cleaning it up. And it's this is the generation to do it. If we don't yeah, do it. Sure. If we don't do it now, then who's going to do it? That's right. We're going to just pass it on to our children. And they don't want it. Neither do their, their children want that. So let's stop stop the bad things that we're doing right now. Make the choice to just love. Send the love out. We need a lot more. Yeah, leaning into love is definitely the best way to go. And um, I'm happy that you've um, created this tool and this method of of helping people to connect to love languages and um, basically connect to everyone around them in in a in a deeper, more profound sort of way. So yeah, very very uh, thankful for you doing that, Paul. That's that's really cool, and I appreciate you coming on the show today as well. Thank you, CJ. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll wind that up for now. What I'll do is I will um, send everyone over to your um, your website, and um, and it has all the information there that can help them to find you and your tools um, and your book as well, uh, rolloflove.com. So is there anywhere else that you'd like people to go, or is that is that the main place? So if your listeners like the the listening to the podcast and they're doing it only on audible they might also like the audible portion of the, of the book and yes. they can only you can only find that on amazon but when you go on amazon you need to just type in my name if you type in role of love you're going to get love this love that love love a million things and you're, you're it's going to be a needle in the haystack you're not going to find so just type in paul zolman on amazon it'll take you right to the books uh, both the journal and the uh, and the book and the Audible Kindle is also on on Amazon, and you can buy any of those choices. The the whole idea is just get it out there so that people can have the opportunity to make changes if they choose to do so. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Paul. I really appreciate it. Thank you, CJ. It's been a All pleasure. Right. All right, bye for now. Bye bye. Okay, that was great, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. That yeah, was, cool. That, Always, always so much fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's quite a story. I can't imagine growing up with um ten other siblings. That would be really intense. <laughs> well, some some sadness happened. The first three actually um were had been born, and they all 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 the oldest three died before their age two. Oh no! So they had some hardships there, and yeah. then uh, since that time, I've had two other siblings that have passed away. So there's only um six of us left yeah wow well i hope you all have discovered your own love languages there then uh yeah and i'm able to connect have you shown them 
like your your skills and your your knowledge you know what i'm i'm the youngest and and so the so youngest I listen to you <laughs> so the youngest person in the family don't they don't get listened to remember, remember oh yeah you, remember when you had to i don't know if you remember but when way back then you had to go up to the tv to turn the channel on the tv yeah and i never i never had that opportunity to go change the channel it was oh. always always what they chose to watch and I always had to follow what they did and so so me doing my own thing is is this is the funnest thing ever just I don't I don't really have to their scrutiny over me anymore and it's just just kind of fun to just branch out and do it but mm. in their own way just in their defense they they have set set up their lives and chosen also to love in their own way and to be just a better person mm. all throughout and and to let go of that abuse and, the, and i don't think they passed it on to their children at all oh brilliant yeah good good it's good to see the cycles break yeah it is it's, it is. it's wonderful yeah. yeah thanks again cj all right Better. thanks paul have a very good evening you too bye 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 well that was an interesting interview um paul's developed an interesting tool there when it comes to love languages and understanding them and basically increasing your well love language linguist skills to say it in his terms it's um clear that when you are able to recognize love languages and express them appropriately then well for one i know for myself when i'm actually heard in my love language then i feel more embodied and uh, seen and recognized um, in the world so i know that for other people that would be the same obviously so these tools i think are important and i'm very glad that um, paul has created this this and is um, spreading into the world if you've enjoyed today's show please share it to your friends and family and um yeah remember to um give us a five star rating on your uh, podcast app and uh yeah hopefully you come back next week and listen again thank you so much for your time and bye for now <laughs>